2: This funeral home's legendary homegoings captured worldwide attention and landed at a television series that showed off its special way of sending people to their eternal resting places. But new lawsuits allege that once the cameras switched off, the funerals it delivered were the stuff of nightmares. This week's episode is Golden Gate Funeral Home. in the night, your heart fills with dread
3: Yeah.
2: I have been left speechless by the things I have read. Yeah. I went on the Dallas County website and started just downloading petitions. And Paris was cooking dinner. And over the sizzle of him cooking dinner, he kept hearing me go, Oh God. Oh no. Oh God. And he had to come around the corner and be like, What are you talking about? I said, You'll hear it in the episode this week. (laughs) It is, it makes you. Because I think we've all lost people and we've all had to bury people we love or, you know, take care of their, you know, memorials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just put myself in those shoes every time. Mm-hmm. And I think about, like, how I was treated in those situations and think, I don't, I mean, this is some traumatic stuff. Oh, if God. the allegations are true, I mean, it's traumatic stuff. Super traumatic. I mean, mm-hmm. it scars you. And and
3: it's hard for me to think that the things that we're going to discuss aren't true because there's so many stories Mm -hmm. that are basically the exact same complaints over and over and over and these people don't know each other i mean what are they gaining out of posting online reviews of this place or going to lawyers and so i mean Mm -hmm. at some point it can't all just be a coincidence
2: yeah and and i think at the very least we have dissatisfied customers but Possibly at the worst, we have violations of state regulations, possibly federal regulations, because funerals are also partially regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. And also, if you violate the Texas Human Health Code, that can be criminal. I mean, on top of it's just plain wrong to traumatize Mm -hmm. people who've already lost. And I think that's why funerals, cremations, all that is so highly regulated because you're in an extremely vulnerable position Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to stop exactly what these lawsuits allege. Yeah. The worst day of
3: your life, the worst moments of your life are made even worse because you don't recognize the person in the coffin because Mm -hmm. their makeup has been done so poorly or... Mm -hmm. They're just decomposing in front of you.
2: Yeah, there's no makeup at all. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. It's... um, One person said in a review, we couldn't even grieve because of the trauma we were experiencing. I mean, if you go to your loved one's wake, viewing funeral, and that's what's going on, how do you even process the funeral side of it? Because you're running around trying to get the body ready to view because it hasn't been done.
2: And that's not that a that's what you paid for. But also that it does take a lot of I know, you know, in some cultures, that's very common that the family prepares the body. But if you're not emotionally ready for that, and the idea was, okay, I'm gonna see them, it's just gonna look like they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. When my dad passed away, I was one of the only ones that went back to view the body, just because some of my family members were like, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to see that. And I said, you know, in my the way I've put it to kind of make myself feel better was like, this is a last favor I can do for daddy. Like I can make sure that his suit looks nice. Mm-hmm. I can make sure that his hair looks good. And for some reason that was important for the grieving process for me, you know, to almost be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, at least I can make sure. Cause his, he was like a very big, about his hair not being messed mm-hmm. up, I was like, as long as his hair looks good, like I know he would not be, uh, you know, it, you can almost feel like they can rest. But had mm-hmm. I walked around the corner and <sighs> what some of the things alleged in these lawsuits had happened to me, well, first of all, I am a lawyer, so I probably would have wrecked their shit. Um, but I'm also, not, but I would have, uh, yeah, I don't their say even if it's still, even if it's not legally wrecking their shit, how do you not just jump across the coffin and Dude, co- choke
3: somebody? I don't know if I mean, my dad's also passed away, and when. I went in for the viewing. I mean, it's it's already shocking to see your loved one. The last time you saw them, they were alive, and now you're seeing them and, and they're not. If it had been anything other than what it was, where he was dressed how we asked, his, he looked like himself, mm-hmm. you know, um, the people at the funeral home were very respectful, I would have absolutely uh, lost it.
2: Yeah, for sure. So you definitely see why I think, you know, every penny that these f- families are asking for, I think are deserved and more because it is, it's something you you can't even fathom. Mm-mm. So it's wild. You lose
3: them and then you have to process that grief and then process a other weird grief that no one should have to go through in this weird trauma. I mean, you, in most, in our culture, most people pay for people, like you said, to handle the body so they're not seeing them mm-hmm. and what happened when they passed, you know. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't get that and you and you I mean, that's just an image you can never get out of your head. Mm-hmm.
2: And also the the even if someone's cremated and you don't expect to do, you know, a full viewing or memorial or whatever, knowing that. The, what you get in the bag afterwards is the person yeah. that you thought it would be. That's mm-hmm. even worse. Or to just go, I don't know, if we've dropped it out of a Folgers can, it's gone. Like the Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski like, sorry, sell. it's yeah. gone. So even something like that where we're all looking for some way, you know, a, a, a token of grief almost. We mm-hmm. had a whole thing on Patreon that one time when the guy wanted to be turned into, he wanted mm-hmm. the diamonds, his the, ashes to be turned skull. into yeah. diamonds and put it in a skull. And, you know, we all have our own, and, and also like, the decedent, if they have made some type of wishes. I yeah. guarantee nobody's wishes are like, could you let me decompose a few days, mm-hmm. horrify my friends and family, and then when you cremate me, dump me in an alleyway somewhere where no, no one finds me. Yeah. No, I imagine no one says that. So I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. This is
3: wild, and we were going to do this as a mini but when we started getting into the nitty-gritty, this is... I mean, 20 minutes from where we live, Mm -hmm. we pass by it all the time. We're very familiar with it, as is everyone in Dallas. And we almost felt like it was a public service for us as Dallas residents Mm -hmm. to let everyone know, because we have a lot of Dallas listeners, like, what's going on here? So you can make your own decisions if you ever decided that you wanted to use this specific funeral home.
2: Yeah, not in my town. (laughs) Jackass. Right?
3: Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. We're all born and we all die. What we do to celebrate loved ones at the end is a matter of taste, faith, and tradition. Some families choose burial while others choose cremation. Some choose to have funerals while others opt for homegoing services. A homegoing service is an African-American Christian funeral tradition where the deceased's life is celebrated and their death is viewed in a positive light because they are headed home to meet the Lord. They are often theatrical in nature and centered around a defining characteristic of the deceased. Up until recently, it seemed there was no better place to host a home going than the famed Golden Gate Funeral Home in Dallas, Texas.
2: And I think that that's a definitely, you know, it's important for the pa- the family that's left behind to, to view it however they want to view Absolutely. it. Absolutely, We have to have all kinds of different funeral homes that that cater to all different faiths and all different cultural traditions because some are you have to be buried within so many days some you can't you can't bury them within so many days some you don't embalm at all some Mm -hmm. are
3: placed you know directly into the ground and don't want um a coffin so yeah i mean however you want to do it is up to you if what is up to you though is someone taking care of that for you and uh agreeing to a contract that (laughs) that you both agree upon and that isn't held up that's Mm -hmm. where the problem lies Delivering what you asked for, for Mm -hmm.
2: sure.
3: John E. Beckwith Sr. founded the Golden Gate Funeral Home in 1980 in Waxahachie, Texas, according to the business's website. Five years later, he opened the first Dallas location, which operated out of a two-story house in the historically black neighborhood of Oak Cliff. John Sr. built his business on something that was deeply personal to him, serving lower-income black families in their greatest time of need and doing so with dignity and respect. Having grown up poor in rural Louisiana, John Sr. understood the importance of assisting those in his community. His business model was largely influenced by the unacceptable treatment he and his family had experienced at a fellow Dallas funeral home when his mother passed away. John Sr. was known for his kindness and generosity with the families he serviced. Oftentimes, he provided additional services at no cost, like complimentary limousines to
2: take the families of the deceased to and from the services. That's what I learned when we were planning my dad's funeral is you could negotiate funeral things of like what they'll add in what they'll uh you know Can't, I I I um I was there
3: for arranging stuff but um my blessed sweet mother who my parents were not married at the time but she has always been there for my brothers and I like Was pretty much the one that took care of everything.
2: Kathy Kellen and Clutch. Oh,
3: always. So, I mean, I was, I do remember being there, but, um, I I don't remember uh, negotiating costs or <laughs> anything like that. <laughs>
2: Did not know that. I mean, they, my parents had a plot, like a prepaid plot. But then oh, there you go. We got a quote from another funeral home, and it was like buying a device at Best Buy. When you go, well, it's on Amazon for this they much. They're we like, price. Uh huh. We said this other place said they do it for this much, and they go, okay, well, we'll do it. We'll mm-hmm. do it for that much, and we got a coffin at a place uh, next to a deli off the highway that had a lovely array of coffins that were like wholesale prices rather than paying like retail. But that's just because we had, you know, a savvy family member who's like still grieving, but kind of a little bit more removed to go, okay, well I've gone through this with several friends and family. Mm -hmm. Like, let me jump in and help you. But not everybody has that. And then you, you walk into a place and you can be at the mercy of. of Oh, sure. I mean, like you said, and it's not a secret that,
3: there are a lot of shady funeral homes out there because mm-hmm. you are servicing people at their most vulnerable. And unfortunately, a lot of people take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So
2: word to the wise. Yes. Price, my-
3: price shop. I wonder if one reason we didn't do a lot of that is because my dad was cremated. There Maybe. was a viewing, so we got to view him, but then he had wanted to be cremated. So okay. um, we didn't have to negotiate coffin prices and and all of that when you went to look at the coffins were some like the cadillac of coffins where you were like why would someone pay 20 grand to be put
2: in the ground in this there were, there were, and I, I wonder too if it's just another grieving thing where you go, yeah, you want the best, I want the best, I yeah. want the best. We're it like, is. my mom's like, your daddy would come back and then die again if you were like, <laughs> we paid She's five like, thousand dollars. Where's where's, <laughs> where's Yeah, a Ralphs can No, but from I mean, we got him one that's like Cowboys blue. It was like uh, like a nice blue color because oh, nice. we love the Cowboys and stuff. And it was a, it was good. Look, it was a good looking coffin. Was like I don't know, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks, mm-hmm. but not. You know, astronomical, like we need one that has, you know, satin lining or whatever, yeah. you know, and the nice. It, it's nice. It They look nice. You know, you feel like I've done a service for my family mm-hmm. member. But that's also just because I think, I mean, I, I, I don't know, whatever view I have of death, you know, it's a little bit like, well, that's not going to change anything. You know, a $20,000 coffin doesn't make me a better mm-hmm. daughter than a $1,000 coffin. But just depending on how people are going through it it it's not hard for oh yeah let me say one of the coolest people i've ever known is when i worked at the federal trade commission and one of our investigators was a former secret service agent and he didn't want to have a dangerous kind of job anymore so he became the investigator for the ftc and one of his jobs was going around to to town to small towns where there's only one funeral home or you know more rural areas where there's not a lot of competition mm-hmm. and going in, he would like look in the obituaries and go in and go like, hey, my girlfriend's, you know, uncle died. And we're we're looking around and seeing if the funeral home would scam him like it was a sting operation. Mm. And he was like, how would you know if they were scamming him? Because they're well not scam him, but like not following the Federal Trade Commission guidelines. Like uh, you have I to gotcha. have an exact price list with the prices listed. And like you can't say, well, well, how much are you looking to spend? Yeah. You know, kind of like, like that. buying like, a car. Yeah. So there's there's certain rules and stuff like that, and that was his job was to go in and, like, essentially get treated however they're going to treat people, mm-hmm. and he's like, it will make your stomach turn, the type of things that they're willing to do to people. And he's like, I could kind of, you know, get away with it and be like, oh, I'm not I'm not really that set, you know, I, I just, we've only been dating six months or whatever, and he's like, still, I can imagine if it genuinely was, like, uh you mm-hmm. know, somebody who's lost a really, really close loved one that they'll just at the end was he like gotcha or did he just say okay i'll think about it and he left yeah he would say i'll, I'll think about it and he would leave and write up the report and then they would get uh like a, a restraining order from the wow. ftc or like the ftc depending on how bad it was would like char- you know essentially sue them He was a for-
3: funeral home secret shopper basically yeah, it was a sting it was a, funeral that's home a pretty sting. yeah that's i guess
2: all secret shopper stuff is kind of a sting well, I can't think about Secret Shoppers without thinking about your husband in our improv show this <laughs> Good weekend. Good Lord. That, <laughs> what a wild you know, weekend it was for wild. improv. One you t- of, you, one of you the promised. wildest
3: shows I've been in.
2: <laughs> you promised Cough Medicine Tommy.
3: <laughs> I'm thinking about that hot dish show and the last 15 minutes of it It was where chaotic. I basically had an out-of-body experience. Uh, it was get, come to the shows when we
2: advertise them. They're it a was good time. a lot. It you you was, won't forget
3: it. It was a lot. I have to just also ask. I can only see half of your sweatshirt right now, and I want to, Don't show me. I want to predict what the bottom half says. Okay. All I can see is I don't go looking for. I'm gonna say it says trouble. Trouble comes looking for me.
2: Yeah, it says, I don't go looking for trouble. Trouble usually finds me. And it is a children's uh, Harry Potter sweatshirt from Walmart from about 10 years ago. That I was, oh, it's very I thought it was worn. from Smart Ass and Sass. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be. No, it's extremely soft because it's like been washed a thousand times. And I was cold when I woke up this morning, so I just grabbed it. And I was like, I haven't worn this faded, old-ass Walmart hoodie in a while. Or is that a you know? quote from Harry Potter? I, 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 well, it says his name on the shirt, so I'm going to say it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I digress. I just, I've been sitting here looking at it and I was like, I bet I know what the bottom of that says. <laughs> called it, called it. It is in kind of Harry Potterish font, so. Yes, and there's stars. Oh yeah, well that makes it magical right there. <laughs> <laughs> in 1987, John Sr.'s son, John Beckwith Jr., graduated from Mortuary College and became acting CEO of the family business, a position he had been training for his entire life, according to the Dallas Observer. He told the publication that as a child, his father would train him on how to be a funeral director by setting up chairs and a pretend casket in their living room. It was almost like football practice. I guess that's how you do it. How I mean, his his dad's, um, how he came up in the funeral industry and got to Dallas is a remarkable story that uh, involves... The KKK and his life being threatened and mm-hmm. him basically having to buy a ticket to Dallas just to spare his life uh, in Louisiana from the the Klan. So he um, he's a, a very well-respected man and um, deservedly so. And I think he was training his kid from the – like as soon as he could walk. It, it, I mean – Beckwith Jr. was like, I didn't even think I was, you know, I never, I can't even remember the first time I was around a dead body or saw a funeral. Like, I've just always been around them.
2: Yeah, it's just a part of your life. I think growing up in that industry, it's just a fact of life and you don't get queasy about it.
3: Yeah, if you're introduced to it at that young an age, it's just uh, normal. John Jr.'s dream had always been to expand the family business. And in 2006, that dream was realized when he moved Golden Gate to its much larger current location at 4155 South Oral Thornton Freeway. Business began booming with the additional space, a blessing the undertaker had predicted.
2: I always thought it had to be very large because we're going to bury everybody in Dallas. I want everybody. I want them all, he told the Dallas Observer in a 2009 interview.
3: Dressed in custom Italian suits emblazoned with his initials in gold silk, and crocodile-skin loafers and fedoras, John Jr. does not look like your typical undertaker. He is flashy, with a larger-than-life personality, while also maintaining a sense of calmness and decorum when speaking with grieving families. A fan of both the spotlight and growing the business, John Jr. created a show called Ask the Undertaker in 2009 that aired on Saturday nights on Public Access Channel 34, according to the Dallas Observer. Described as a mix of spiritual worship and advertising for Golden Gate. John Jr. also took his show to KHVN, 970 AM, Dallas's top gospel radio station. Later, he created a series of YouTube videos and filmed himself commuting to work in Facebook Live videos he called Morning Drive with The Undertaker.
2: I think it's good that you uh, normalize the funeral business and talking about it, and you know, being available and being open. And it's also great for business, you know, if you're the face of funerals. He's very religious. The entire family is, and
3: the Golden Gate Funeral Home is very um, God-centric and religious-centered. So a lot on the nine seventy a.m. It was a lot of almost uh, preaching and you know um, worship, but then mixed in with. Almost um, advertisements for it, and that's why you should think about pre-planning, and you should do so at Golden Gate, and you know, and then their business would
2: increase for for pre-planning your funeral, and so I mean, it definitely was working. I mean, there's something to be said for pre-planning. Yeah, for the sure. Problem comes on the other side if the plan is not executed. Yes. Yeah.
3: No, I, I agree with pre-planning, especially if you want things carried out a very certain way. It also alleviates a lot of the stress for your loved ones to have to kind of figure out like what would you have wanted or make decisions when they're already grieving so as much as you can take care of that up front i think is helpful yeah for sure one of the largest black owned and operated funeral homes in north texas golden gate has been a pioneer in serving the black community one of the offered services they have become known for are their homegoings golden gate has developed their style of the celebration of life with the help of John Jr.'s Worldly
2: Travels. He told D Magazine, From the Caribbean, we brought back music, dance, and community unity. From the Palace Guards in London, we developed the way SWAT teams carry the caskets on their shoulders. The SWAT team, S-W-A-A-T, is a group of six professional
3: pallbearers who step with an anointed touch. Their specific style was even requested for the funeral of Al Sharpton's mother in 2012. And this is shown in the... TLC show best funeral ever. Just you know how they kind of walk, and I think it was D Magazine that kind of described it as a combination of like the Four Tops and mm. mixed with something um, you know more um, traditional and um, religious, I guess, ornate, but kind of reverent. It, yeah, it's very um, kind of like a a large step and then a dip,
2: mm-hmm. and then
3: so um, but. Beck was said when they lift the casket and go down the aisle and and do that with the songs playing, like it totally changes the the feeling and it's more of
2: like a celebratory going home type of type of vibe. And for sure. And if that's, you know, it it lends away from, you know, when people carry the you see like I'm thinking recently when we saw Bob Saget's funeral, the pallbearers are all kind of wiping their eyes and their heads Mm -hmm. are all down and stuff. And that's one way to do it. And then this is a totally other way to do it. And I think you're right. It kind of adds reverence, but also uh, more of a, you know, it gives something to the family. That's not just the average. Okay, well, we're going to roll it away. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, we've done this. It's a big deal. Again, it's you, it makes you feel as a family member, I've done something for my loved one who's now lost. Um, But yeah, it's, I I wouldn't be uh, opposed to it at all. I mean, I think it's a great I, we have different... I mean, I think we all have different ways that we want to be uh, celebrated and buried. Long ago, I said I want a Viking funeral. I wanted to get set on fire, <laughs> pushed off. over so White Rock Lake? <laughs> yeah, just burn it off of White Rock Lake. But this may be... Um, you know, don't cry. Almost like, let's let's celebrate. Turn on some music. Well, and he says he's not
3: celebrating their death. They're celebrating no. their life, so... And they're you know, return and I, to the Jesus.
2: And what? Their return to Jesus. Yes,
3: it's all... Yes, it's very... Um, Christian base, which is probably why I would not do it but I do like the idea of it being more of a celebration of life rather mm-hmm. than grieving of a death for
2: sure
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've
0: gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office
3: With a reputation like Golden Gates, it was only a matter of time until Hollywood came knocking. In 2012, TV producers approached owner John Beckwith Jr. with an idea for a series. The result was Best Funeral Ever, that aired on TLC from 2013 to 2014. Throughout the episodes, the staff and John Jr. are shown providing homegoings to their morning guests. One is for the original singer of the Chili's Baby Back Ribs jingle. They sent him to his eternal resting place with racks of ribs. Others included breakfast buffets for a breakfast enthusiast, a heavenly wedding for two urns of a married couple's ashes, and a Hollywood funeral with the staff impersonating celebrities. You watched it?
2: Um, I did. Mm-hmm. And wow. It's unexpected. I mean, I guess based upon the title, I shouldn't have been shocked, but I wonder if they're really, if the day-to-day services are like that, or if it's just they put the most extreme examples on the show. He says that the
3: reason they only were on for uh, two seasons, I think, eight episodes, is because of creative differences, um, and that... That basically was TLC just wanted to show these, but according to Beckwith, it's about 2% of what they do. And they weren't interested in the regular, like, day-to-day stuff. So I think these are the extreme things that they do.
2: Well, and I think you and I talked about it off there too. Like, if your whole series is just this you know if the producers are telling you do this wacky thing do this crazy thing then yeah you probably feel okay well this is disingenuous because we truly just care about families and we truly just do you know standard average funeral maybe with the SWAT carrying or something you know there may be certain things that are not uh that are extraordinary because that's something that they've cultivated and something they offer their customers but when you have the TV producers going like hey why don't you put cotton candy next to the casket I imagine you probably would get and that's not something that you I mean I don't do. know that they weren't on board with that I
3: think that they do these like that it's just that they the majority of the funerals they do are just like normal everyday funerals Yeah, just not often enough so the they homegoings the- are yeah but that's how they do them Mm -hmm. They are very theatrical and over the top. I mean, the breakfast one, the staff is in, dressed up in, um, like, if you were to go to Party City and buy a bacon costume or an egg costume for Halloween. They're wearing those with sunglasses. They've got, um, they're serving breakfast, which, I don't know the rules on food in a funeral home, but. That's what Paris said. He's uh, like, are you
2: supposed to be cooking bacon next to, inside mm,
3: of a, I don't know. I don't know either. There, um, there was one where a guy was a runner and they oh, yeah. tried many different ways of trying to launch um, a casket like 70 feet down a, a, a field. They hit a car at one point, the start going off. One woman was a bowling enthusiast and they had her family shove the casket down um, a bowling lane. Into a bunch of pins that read RIP Joan or whatever her name That's was. Her final strike. Yeah. I don't know if her body was in that casket,
2: but I don't know that it wasn't in that casket either. It was heavily implied that it was. Um, yeah. But, and, and I will say for everybody that participated, everybody was on board. Like the, oh, yeah. the Hollywood funeral where the staff dressed up like celebrities, the family loved it. They did a whole, uh, almost not quite a talent show, but each employee dressed as a different celebrity had time to walk in front of the casket and kind of strike a pose or you know kind of say who they were or whatever Mm -hmm. and everyone was cheering and seemed to enjoy it and that's all that matters if
3: if the reaction of the decedent's family are genuine and they are pleased then that's all that matters if as far as outsiders looking in watching it if if we don't get it then that it it doesn't matter because they're the ones that need to be to be happy and pleased um it was unexpected like you said just because um TLC is kind of known for these like wacky makeover shows or like home renovation shows so it has that feel but with the
2: funeral and almost Gawking a little yeah, bit yeah. and almost kind of and the the like you've always said if you go on a reality show you have no control over the editing mm-hmm. so for all we know TLC edited it to make them look at at times incompetent we'll get there yeah yeah so you wonder if that was just creative editing
3: um I would be more inclined to think that if they didn't have a gazillion reviews and lawsuits pending for. Yeah. Incompetence. There is that as well. <laughs> um, I think of the episodes I saw, the one that sticks with me the most was the urns of the husband and wife that had, I, I think they had died like within a month apart or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe they had not had their wedding yet. Maybe they were engaged. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they decided... They were gonna send, they were gonna create a wedding for them for an eternal wedding. And they dressed up the urns with a little suit and a little veil that they bought at like a pet store. Mm -hmm. They go in and the woman they ask for this. She's like, Is it for a dog? They're like, um, no, it's for an urn. And this is when I realized what my issue with the show is. And I told you, Mm -hmm. I would be much more interested in watching a show about these home goings because they are beautiful and wonderful and and interesting, if it was taking itself more seriously and sincere. Mm-hmm. But it felt like you said, very like hokey and mm-hmm. gawking. For example, everyone that's being filmed knows what the deal is. They yeah. you've had to sign a release. You know why there people are coming into your store with cameras and stuff. So when they're going to look for this church to have the urn wedding in and the woman's playing dumb and is like, um, so what are the bride and when are the bride and groom gonna get here? Oh, you're not the bride and groom because it's the funeral directors doing it. It's like, we all know you know. We're all in on the joke. Mm-hmm. So just like be real about it. And to me that's way more compelling to see mm-hmm. these honest homegoings played
2: out and, and like in a more sincere way. Yeah, I, th- I, I agree. And also just seeing, you know, kind of behind the scenes of how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be fascinated by that versus I can't recall if there were sound effects. But the type of clips, like the shots that they used of the casket flying off the wheels and whacking into the car, it's like, boy, mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, I get it that the families agree to be a part of it. But it's still kind of... In every culture, kind of this revered tradition of, you know, it's the end of someone's life that we're either, you know, celebrating, mourning, whatever. That it was sort of cheapened, I think, by yeah. at, at the very least by the editing. Whether they yeah. they were, you know, told what to do by the producers, and you know, you don't we don't have a reality show yet, but you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> never what... will we. I will never. <laughs> I will never. But you know, you don't really know how much leeway you have in like. Right. I'm not going to say that.
3: Or yeah, I mean, they're they're trying to figure out how to get this casket to do its thing and they're in the parking lot like riding on it like you would teenagers in the in a grocery store parking lot and and shopping carts you Mm -hmm. know so it's just like uh, is this really tasteful like the end product might be but seeing all like if I was the family member of this person and I saw like everything leading up to it I might find it a bit uh tacky hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I don't know. I mean, the families, like we said, everyone that I all the episodes I saw, they were very, very happy. And who knows if they were paid. I'm sure that at the very least, the home going was compensated for them being mm-hmm. able to air it. So it's like an Amazon review where you get, you know, 10 bucks off if you leave a positive review. How do you know if it's genuine or not? True. While the Golden Gate staff showed deference to their customers' wishes, some issues emerged. During one funeral, as two planners rushed around with the event unfinished as the start time approached, Beckwith asked, Do y'all know what you're doing? In another instance, a funeral home employee refers to, The actual dust that comes out the urns? He is quickly corrected by John Jr., who instructs the employee to call them human cremains, a phrase the
2: employee struggles with repeating. And again, it's like you work in a funeral home; you have to know that it's called, at the very least, remains or cremated remains, cremains. But it's the way they shot it, and either they told him to say this or, or whatever. He's calling it the dust. He's mm-hmm. calling a person's remains the dust, and then Beckwith kind of cringes and goes, "It's it's human cremains." And he's like, "Cremains, mm-hmm. cremains, cremains," and I'm like, "Okay, this at the very least is just makes the place look bad. Like it, yeah." And this is taking place in what one would describe as a pitch
3: meeting mm-hmm. for a home going they're throwing. And so yeah. all the employees are just sitting in pews shouting out ideas like you would in a think tank about how what we can do for, for this one. So it's just um it's, you know, uh it's a flashy show that TLC would pick up. Yeah. I mean it you watch it and you go, yeah, this is a TLC show. Uh-huh. Audiences seemed to enjoy the antics, even if critics pointed out issues.
2: Clinton Yates wrote in the Washington Post, The television show that effectively trivializes death for the purpose of a party is not the direction that we need to be moving in as a society. Despite John Jr. telling his staff, This better be perfect.
3: And, There's no room for mistakes. on an episode of Best Funeral Ever, it would come to light that over the years, things were in fact not perfect, and severe mistakes were allegedly made. In early 2022, reports emerged that Beckwith and Golden Gate had actually been giving people the worst funerals ever. Aldo Busby passed away on December 27, 2018. His two children made arrangements with Golden Gate for a memorial and a cremation. Golden Gate flubbed the funeral service by playing the wrong songs, refusing to play the right songs when the family asked, and then providing the family with a video souvenir of another person's funeral, Worst of all, his children were denied his remains for months. Finally, in October of
2: 2019, 10 months after their father's death, they were told their father had been long since cremated and that Golden Gate had likely discarded his remains, according to the family's
3: lawsuit filed in 2021. The suit is set to go to trial in October of 2022.
2: Yeah, the petition, it just goes through exactly what we said. Like, she said that You know, something like that, that you go, okay, play song A, and they're playing song B. You just go up and go, hey, remember we talked about this, Mm -hmm. actually, song B is really important to the family. That, according to the position, they said, no, we're not. This is what's playing. Sorry. And then when you take home the videotape or the DVD of your family's funeral and pop it in, and it's somebody else's family on the other side? It's the definition of you have one job. Literally, that's your job.
3: And he has... I think it's something like 60 to 80 employees that work there mm-hmm. and no one can figure out. I mean, it's it is baffling the thing. And this is just one of so many where this is what happened. Mm-hmm. The wrong songs were played. The um the room was dirty from a service before and there were used tissues on the ground when they came in. They got the
2: wrong videos. They played the wrong slideshow during the service. It's another dead person's face. Yeah, not your loved one. How awkward? Yeah, extremely awkward. Yeah, and uh, doesn't we? We'll see. I mean, there, like I said, it's set to go to trial, so we'll see how that all pans out. But it, it's not. It would be uh, unremarkable if this was the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Twenty-five-year-old Nigerian Peanut Pool tragically died in a motorcycle accident on August 2, 2019. His mother, Jody, arranged for him to be cremated at Golden Gate. Peanuts' memorial and cremation were covered by insurance proceeds, and the understanding was that excess funds beyond the cost of the funeral would be sent back to Jody once the process was complete. On September twenty fifth, when Jody arrived at Golden Gate to retrieve her beloved son's remains, she was given an urn so
2: large that she could not carry it. According to her later lawsuit, Golden Gate told Jody that Peanut's ashes were so voluminous that she would need an entire second urn. It just so happened that the insurance funds could be used to purchase this
3: second urn as well. The Golden Gate employees removed the labels and metal identification tags from the urns before putting them in Jody's car in violation of Texas law.
2: Yeah, it's real specific. Turns out there's laws that you got to label Whose remains are it what? makes
3: sense, because if you just got a bunch of urns with a bunch of ashes in them, it seems like it'd be real easy to mix those up if there wasn't some sort of labeling system. Mm-hmm. The And we'll post it in the show notes. The video of her um, being interviewed about this is so sad. She's mm-hmm. just clearly still so broken up about it. And it shows the urns that she was given. And they're both just huge metal urns. I mm-hmm. mean... My dad was cremated, Tommy's mom was cremated. It's actually shocking how little ashes come back from a human body.
2: Mm-hmm. So, to be told he took up one and a half giant urns. Yeah, if you do the math on it, and even I'm not sure his height, his weight, whatever, but you know he's the at least the size that could ride on a motorcycle. You yeah, know. I mean the
3: pictures of him in the. When she's been interviewed that
2: they show, mm-hmm. he,
3: I mean, he, he was a very fit guy. He played for um, the professional flag football team here in Dallas. He's, you know, probably like 6'2", looks like a, a, a fit athlete. So mm-hmm. it's not like, I mean, even someone much larger, it, that's just not how it works. No, 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 no.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law.
3: See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jody later learned that Peanuts' ashes would have only taken up one-half to two-thirds of a traditional-sized urn. As for what was contained in the two large urns she was given, Jody learned she was in possession of the ashes of at least three adults, with no way of knowing if any were her son. In May of 2021, she sued Golden Gate for negligence for the trauma this incident caused her. A jury trial is set for June of 2022.
2: Two giant urns, and you—what do you? You can't throw them out because it could be your son, and it's well, definitely also, two your, friends.
3: It's—you don't want to um, desecrate someone else's remains, exactly. and then you're also thinking, "Well, shit, that means that some other family doesn't have their loved ones' remains. Like, mm-hmm. what do I do with this?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you just hang on to it, and—and
3: and at the very. If the best case scenario, your son is mixed all up with strangers.
2: Yeah. And every time you look at it, you're reminded mm-hmm. of that. You're yeah, reminded that so traumatic, disregarded. Yeah. That it's like, well, just stick them all, you know, just stick them all in one thing. Who cares? It's like, it's, this is such a, this industry is such a. I'm trying to think. It's just so sensitive that uh, something like that you can't undo. It's a bell you can't unring. Yeah, I think you put it perfectly with disregarded. That's how I
3: feel about everything that these, well, since uh, 2007 when they started getting complaints filed to get them, is they tout themselves as being, you know, we started our business helping everyone. We want everyone, regardless of income, to have a a wonderful and beautiful funeral service will throw in comps to make sure it gets that way. A lot of the clientele that they service are homicide victims and those funerals are paid for by the Texas victims compensation fund, but it's a maximum fund of $4,500. So a lot of times Beckwith has said he will take that, but then he'll give them something that's worth more than that because I think The like standard funeral he charges is like around eight grand. Mm -hmm. But then when you hear stuff like this, you're thinking, were they really regarded like you claim that everyone should be? I mean, obviously not. If they're being just tossed wherever the bodies are stacked wherever they're being cremated with other people. Nobody knows
2: what's going on or who's getting what. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to these. Yeah. And the strong implication in the the petition, in this petition for Peanut, is that she was basically being sold something she didn't need Mm -hmm. because it was paid for. You know, it was coming out of these insurance proceeds is what it is what the petition makes it sound like. On June 14th, 2020, Jennifer Hall passed
3: away. Her adult daughter, Jackie, hired Golden Gate to perform embalming and cosmetic services to ready her mom's body for a memorial to be held at a church. Five days later... When Jackie arrived to identify her mother's body for the wake that day, Golden Gate rolled in someone else's corpse. When Jackie informed Golden Gate that the body was not her mom, it took them nearly an hour to find her mother.
2: That, I would think you would have them alphabetized or something. I've never
3: been to a mortuary or mm-hmm. seen the inner workings of a funeral home. But I think... um. A plan, an organization plan, is step one in making sure that you don't fuck up something like this.
2: Yeah, like library style, they're in some type of order. How many
3: bodies do you have that it takes you an hour to find the right one? The mind and, reels, and they're not labeled.
2: It doesn't... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why... I don't know what they were dealing with in the hour. Whether you leave a grieving person alone and then you go, oh, shit, that lady was in there. Or, man, we've really got to find her and we do not know where she's located. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. But... And to I, fuck that up so bad in the first
3: place that you wheel yeah. out someone that isn't even them. Yeah. What... I was about to say, what kind of training do these people go through? But I'm answering my own question because the majority of the people that work there have gone through a program that John Jr. established called the Ride Along Program with Golden Gate, mm. which is essentially he got – because he's also a peace officer. He he went through training to be a peace officer as well. He um, established this program where if you are interested in working in the funeral home industry – you can apply, and if you're a good fit, you essentially just kind of shadow, and if you if you like it, then you're given a job.
2: I don't know that... I mean, I think you have to have a certain licensure and pass a t- an exam to get a license to handle certain aspects of the funeral. Yeah. So I wonder I mean, how, I, how many folks have the licensure right? and the training, the... Uh, state mandated federal mandated training that you're required to have, yeah.
3: I don't know if just to you know be an attendant and and perhaps like um write the contract what you need for like mortician purposes and things, which I believe is uh his cousin. I'm sure you have to have a license for that, but yeah, or maybe they go through the program and then and then get licensed. I don't know, but he um. That's kind of uh he said everyone thought I was crazy when I came up with this idea but it's it's worked out really well. Has it? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know that it has. They finally located Jennifer and brought her to Jackie for identification. What Jackie saw horrified her. Not only had her mom not been embalmed, she was not dressed or made up. Jackie nearly fainted. Her mother was still in her hospital gown. Her body had begun decomposing with her abdomen severely bloated and her skin discolored and patchy, according to the lawsuit. The employees of Golden Gate left Jennifer alone and in distress. With the wake that day and mourners on the way, Jennifer attempted to use the makeup and perfume she had in her purse to prepare her own mother's body for the service.
2: The strength that it takes. And the love for your mom.
3: Dude, yeah, I mean that's you go into just get it done mode where you're like I will not allow my mother to be seen like this. Like you said, your dad's hair was important to him. Like I don't want people's last viewing of her to be this. One, why are you leaving her alone with a with her mother's body that way? Why would you even wheel it out to her in that state?
2: Uh, yeah, unacceptable.
3: How do you how do you look at a body that is obviously decomposing? That has a hospital gun. Nothing done to it. And say here you go. I mean she's she
2: looked better. When she first passed. At the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh for sure. I mean if it's been five days. Yeah. If, if it's been not. According to the allegation in the lawsuit. not. I would imagine the only way. That a body would decompose like that. If it was not stored at the proper temperature. Correct yes. And it had not been embalmed
3: properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I It. I can't wrap my head around how anyone with two brain cells would look at a body like that and go, Yeah, this is okay. Take this out to her grieving daughter. Yeah. It's, it's. And either- then why didn't they fix her up? Why, no. why did they leave the body with the daughter to take care of that?
2: There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. It's,
3: this is uh, unreal that, that this happened, allegedly.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, and, uh, Jennifer Hall, uh, her daughter had to not only was her body God. desecrated, according to this complaint, but you know, her daughter then had to go through watching what we all are, we all hope that we can be shielded from. Yes. You know, yeah. that, 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 I think that's the whole idea of embalming a body, preparing it, putting the makeup on it, putting the clothes that you bring to them on it is because. If you are going to see them one last time, Mm -hmm. you're going to see them at least, like I said, it looks like they're just sleeping. You want to remember them how they were at their best. Yeah. And not think about what's going to happen when you do, you know, eventually put them in the ground or cremate Mm -hmm. them or whatever. So uh, it was kind of, you know, you're desecrating somebody's corpse, one, and then also traumatizing the family member and also just not delivering on the services that Mm -hmm. you said you would. Yeah. So it's a triple. And you're left with your
3: makeup you keep in your bag God, to I mean it break it's heartbreaking oh yeah to think of you having to do that and then like spray a bunch of perfumes because I'm sure it's the body is stinking by this point oh for sure yeah for five days later I imagine I, it's that is so fucking wild that yeah. somebody would allow that to happen
2: to allow the and the to where the abdomen is bloated I mean that's gases is releasing and yeah that's It it boggles the mind that this happened, that you wouldn't go, oh, let me crack this open and look and go, oh, shit, and say, listen, ma'am, I am so Mm -hmm. sorry. We don't know what happened, but um, we cannot let you see her um, currently. We'll make it up to you. We're going to put this as a priority and not just go, you asked for it. Here you go. Right. That's what it is. The efforts did not work.
3: At the wake, Jennifer's body was in such bad shape that attendees took photographs of her and her bloated, swollen stomach. Jackie alleged her mom's condition was due to a failure to embalm and refrigerate Jackie's body. She sued Golden Gate in January of 2022. Golden Gate has not yet responded to the lawsuit. Take them for everything they're <sighs> worth. That is so traumatic. and I can't, I cannot fathom that. If If I had gone in to see my father and that was what I was met with, I mean, you're pay for my therapy for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, that is, uh, traumatic doesn't even begin to describe it. Like
2: seeing your loved one in that state. Mm -hmm. So unexpected too. Oh yeah, where you expect them to be dressed, made up, Mm -hmm. not rotting, and then you're brought a rotting corpse. Also just, it makes you sad because, and I think that's why we, I think we have several listeners who are funeral professionals Mm -hmm. and, It is such a, it's a sacred job because you're helping someone in, like we've said, the worst time of their life. And the idea is that as a person whose, you know, loved one dies, you give the body to a professional and you think they're going to take care of them. Mm -hmm. I can't, I've done all I can. I can't do anything. They're going to take care of them. And when you open up the casket and see your loved one who's had their hair brushed and combed and fluffed and looks just like the picture you gave them, you think, I couldn't do this, but I love you, and I'm glad someone cared for you. When it's they roll out a random stranger mm-hmm. and then roll out someone, and you think, I am so sorry, Mom. You have been sitting rotting. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry. And the the heartache that you're going through again, that you have chosen a place mm-hmm. that treats your mom like trash. I'm sure you feel immense guilt. Yeah, which you should not. No, Jackie, no. it is not your fault. You none trusted of, none someone. of the,
3: these people are at Nobody. fault. But I mean, I'm sure that all. But like you said, you think my loved one was just sitting back there being disregarded, like mm-hmm. you said, for days while I was trying to be comforted by the thought that she was being cared for. And then you realize like, I mean, that's the trauma is then you mm-hmm. start to think like, I mean, it's I as someone who's experienced this type of trauma, like you start thinking, man, yesterday at the time when this was going on. Mm-hmm. I, this was happening to them. You know what I mean? Like you just start spiraling. And then mm-hmm. every time that anniversary of the death comes up, that's what you think about anytime you see any of these things in the news, like you're being re-victimized over and over again.
2: A hundred percent. And, you know, seeing it, she, in all of her interviews, she and her mom were close. There's like super cute photos of them taking cute selfies Mm. of each other together, their faces right next to each other. Just like, they seem like they had such a warm relationship that you think like, that's how you deserve to remember somebody that Mm -hmm. you love. And unfortunately, every time you shut your eyes, you're not going to see that. And I think that's, What you've robbed now, you've robbed of this woman, her warm memories of her mom are now going to be replaced by stomach ache of sickness of like, I'm so sorry that, you know, they did this to you. Which is why that one family said we couldn't even grieve. No,
3: because and that was also a case where they walked in for the viewing and the body looked so different from their loved one that they thought they were in the wrong room. They yeah. were like, what, who, who is this? I mean, and when you, you give many pictures to a funeral home and to the mortician that is like, this is what they looked like when they're alive. Please try and get them as close as possible. You know, and when you walk in and you're like, who is this stranger? Mm-hmm. You're like, what, who was, who was back there? Were you blindfolded while you were doing this? Like, what's going on? And, you know, and this complaint of them not making the decedents look like they really looked is one that I've read so many times. And each time, you know, sometimes they'll take them back to the room and work on them there. But with this one, they, um, the girl just came in and started poking and prodding at their loved one right in front of them for an hour and a half. Never once said, why don't you guys step out? Never once offered to take the uh decedent back to a a private room and do this was Mm -hmm. just like trying to to make their face up they said the um it was she was like a 90 something year old woman obviously she was wrinkled they said her face was as smooth as a baby's butt oh like it i mean just so unnatural looking Mm -hmm. and So then the woman starts messing with the body trying to create wrinkles, which I don't know how you do that. And then somehow, because they glue the the C-slips together, um, so because your mouth will just stay open otherwise, she she pops the mouth open. So the mouth is just open. So then she fixes them and they say, okay, well, um, before she's viewed by everyone, um, we want to make sure that... The lips are glued back and her lipstick is reapplied. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Come viewing time. Nah. Her jaw is open.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then so is everybody else in the yes, room. Yes, that's they're what I'm saying. What You're not only scene.
3: traumatizing these family members. Everyone that comes to view her is mm-hmm. like, they're taking pictures because they're like, what? Jack- Jackie did not look like this. And now everyone's memory of her is tainted mm-hmm. because because of this. And they said that family with the woman with her lips they said, "All right, well, y'all didn't do it this time, but um, for the service, when we have her buried, her lips need to be glued and lipstick reapplied." Still not done after wow. they were told. How that was in one of the co- reviews. How do you? Yeah. How do you continue <sighs> to make
2: that mistake? Yeah, and it's it's bizarre to me that there's not more accountability. And I mm-hmm. think the sad part is I that because our we're dead. You know, when you die, you you no longer. You, you know, it's all about the dignity that's of the corpse that, you know, we're not around to take care of ourselves and pull our shirt down and close our own mouths. Mm -hmm. So you as a family member think, I want to maintain her dignity. I Mm -hmm. don't want her to be just laid out like that. And so you're stripping away in, you know, doing the things that, that the family alleges in the reviews or in these lawsuits. If you, if, if that's what you're doing or you're failing to do stuff like that, you're stripping these these Mm -hmm. dead people of their dignity oh 100 percent another one's gonna get haunted oh yeah i mean yeah
3: yeah that's bad vibes another one said um again they didn't the body didn't look anything like it and this one i believe was d magazine and the journalist was with them was writing on this as they had reported because they had been interviewing beckwith and walking around the Funeral home and stuff. So this they were there for. And they said, uh, not at all did that body look like the pictures that they had given him. Wow. So So even the journalists? The journalists said that. They're like, not at all. did." And so he was way too dark, according to the family members. His, um, His lips were, I guess, swollen from the embalming fluid or something. So they were just like huge. And his face was puffy. So they did take him back for that one at least. I didn't know this is what morticians do, but essentially they like did little surgery on him, like took out fat from his lips, like cut into his lips and removed fat, and cut under his jaw and removed fat. Even Beckwith in the article is like, it's like like liposuction, but we put it in a plastic bag instead, and then they put the plastic bag, they hide it in the casket with them because he feels that it is immoral to throw out body parts, which, okay. So I don't know if the family knows that um, chunks of their loved one's lips are in a plastic baggie just stuffed under him before they get put in the ground. That is,
2: I mean, I guess if you're not digging through the coffin, you really wouldn't know what was Mm -mm. in there. Or, and I mean, hopefully
3: they're told that. I I, I mean, I can understand his logic of, well, we're not going to just toss it out that would probably be uh more immoral, but it's it I don't know. I don't know a lot about <laughs> I don't know anything about being a mortician and all of that. So I was just shocked to like hear that's how they do
2: things, but I guess it makes sense. I had no idea that they would cut part of people's faces. I but- didn't either All of my
3: knowledge of funeral homes and morticians come from Six Feet Under. I was going to (laughs) say. Classic. (laughs) Fantastic show. And I can't remember. I mean, most of what I remember from that is them,
2: like, doing makeup and and Mm -hmm. hair
3: and stuff. Or putting clothes
2: on them. Cutting pieces of face off. But who's to say? I'm not a professional, so that could be part of it. I'm sure we will get... um, emails and dms from uh funeral professionals letting us know thumbs up thumbs down if that is something that's yeah. frequently done. And
3: this is we're not making this up. This is all it's in, in articles in our in our show notes so all of this yeah. can be
2: fact checked. Oh yeah.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car
1: before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Other lawsuits allege that Golden Gate played slideshows of someone other than the decedent during memorial services. The remains of one's decedent were given to another decedent's family, and the one deceased family member's remains were scattered in the foliage behind the funeral home. Another decedent was cremated and scattered hundreds of miles away from Dallas at a Golden Gate satellite location in Louisiana, without the family's permission. When one woman opened her father's urn to put his military medals inside, she found it full, not of ashes, but of white pebbles instead. Another woman was forced to step outside for some fresh air
2: due to the stench emanating from her father's body during his viewing yeah and i mean you know funeral homes kind of have that formaldehyde maybe a little bit of a fragrant kind of smell but it should never be of a rotting corpse that you no. have to walk outside that's Mm-mm. bad that's yeah and and saying you know well okay well i'm here to pick up my loved one's remains and they go oh it's it's in louisiana yeah i'm pretty sure
3: i don't know if funeral home property is different But you can't, it's illegal to just go scatter cremains in the public domain. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I think that's not, that's not above board. Yeah. So, and I mean, you have to think that couldn't have been the first time. Uh, We don't have any evidence of that, but. No, that's my speculation. (laughs) That's my speculation. The mind reels. You also were allegedly giving someone an urn that you know doesn't contain their ashes. And yeah. what are you just, it's, it's like a, giving someone a can of beans, they open it, a snake flies out. Were you just like, yeah. surprise? Yeah. Hoping they never opened it?
2: Yeah. What do you think? They're not going to notice that it's the stuff that goes in a fish tank or whatever. I don't know, white pebbles. That's what my mind immediately went to aquarium yeah. rocks. But or that yeah. it's rattling around when they yeah. move it? Yeah, because ashes don't make sounds. They're no. Not, it's not like a can Mm-mm. of pennies.
3: No. Countless negative reviews began popping up online as well. On Yelp, the funeral home has an average rating
2: of one and a half stars. One one one-star review reads in part, I would not take a dog to this place. We've been waiting for over eight months for a proper death certificate, and we still have not to this day received it. I have a whole story I can tell that is utterly horrible treatment for someone that is grieving the loss of a loved one. I myself experienced that at this funeral home and John Beckwith himself. I suggest to all of you, don't stop here. Take your complaints further. John Beckwith and Golden Gate Funeral Home needs a thorough investigation. They have to be stopped. And she lists a, I mean, probably 20 different
3: contacts with addresses, phone numbers, emails of different places
2: that people should contact with with their complaints. And it's... Hasn't been announced that I've seen, but I would imagine the Texas Health and Human Services and or the Federal Trade Commission wouldn't do an investigation just because this has been so in the news. Oh, they wouldn't do one? No, that they would. That they? Oh, that, yeah. Like yeah, I said, yeah. we haven't heard it be announced and it may be that it's kind of like the FBI where until they show up and put the mm-hmm. handcuffs on you, you don't know you're being investigated. Right. Uh, but with this public outcry, I would be surprised if at least one of these customers send in a complaint much less five ten you know Mm -hmm. that's usually with a lot of the ftc reporting systems or some of the state reporting systems when they see cluster complaints it's like smoke where there's smoke there's Mm -hmm. fire Mm -hmm. another review echoes complaints others have experienced this is the walmart of funeral homes omg typos on the obituary blurry screens slideshows interrupted please get life insurance so you can avoid having to settle for this place A Google review left five months ago by Mary Johnson describes her horrific experience. Horrible funeral home. No professionalism. I wouldn't recommend this funeral home to my worst enemy. Golden Gate Funeral Homes doesn't care about you or your loved ones. This funeral home is a big mess and is all about showing off, throwing your loved one's casket in the air. They scheduled our first viewing at 1 p.m. We waited till almost 3 p.m. before they brought out our loved ones, only to walk to the casket and see he had someone else's shirt and tie on. They put a lot of makeup on his face. The program was awful. Misspelled words, wrong dates, pictures. We asked to speak with the owner, Mr. Beckwith, several times. He never came to meet or acknowledge us. The only reason I gave one star is because I had to.
3: Ms. Johnson goes on to point out how the recent influx of positive reviews
2: have been made by Golden Gate employees. Notice all their good Google reviews are from actual employees, not the public. The following names are all employees misleading the community with false reviews. She lists 12 employee names, including John Beckwith.
3: Yeah, if you go to Google reviews, there's a lot that were posted three weeks ago mm-hmm. all around the same time um, when stuff was starting to come out in the news. There's just mm-hmm. like five star review after five star review. And some of them were um, like obvious, like I love working here like they are from mm-hmm. an employee uh, but I don't know if others. I mean, and a lot of businesses do that. They'll have their employees log on and or create burner accounts to leave mm-hmm. reviews. So that um. But even then, on Google, they have a three point six rating, and that's gone up significantly in the past month because of these influx of five star reviews. But yeah, a one and a half rating on Yelp,
2: Christ, not ideal, not ideal. And um, you know, I hope that. People that have not had experiences with the funeral home are not rating them good or bad. You know, I hate when you see that Mm -hmm. when something's in the news and they're like, this guy at a bagel shop threw a bagel at a lady and it's in another state and people from halfway across the country are like, one star, the owner likes to throw bagels at people. I'm just thinking it because there was a guy that was like, he like went viral because I think he threw a bagel or something. I can't remember. But to me, that doesn't help any of us. Like it doesn't help anybody yeah. to go. I'm going to go on Yelp and I'm going to leave them one star review, and it just muddies the water and it makes normally these businesses that are that may be. Possibly are deserving of Negative reviews by people who've actually experienced Them it totally lets them A shut them off because Yelp Mm -hmm. and Google If they see like a brigade you know One star voting will Pause it because they you know somebody went viral Or whatever but also I think then it Gives the underlying business an opportunity to go We're victims we clearly Are great and this is all a smear campaign When it's genuine families who Really have had an experience there and you can Go and look up you know a Funeral on this date that was at this time Mm -hmm. from a family member in the obituary that that's their name and you go, this person really did have this experience, then I think that's much more valuable than just being like, I heard about this on the news and I'm going to give them a one-star review or vice versa, asking friends, family, and loved ones to give you five-star reviews. Right, yeah. Yeah, just because you've heard us talk about this
3: unless you've actually had an experience with them don't go on and leave a review
2: yeah i think it, like i said it, it to me anytime that happens like when places go viral it just gives them an excuse to a shut them off or b go we're we're being victimized right now mm-hmm. and you're like and, and
3: it it's if you can say, look, these are all fake reviews. We've never even... We can show you that we've never serviced these. So if these are all fake, who's to say that these other people mm-hmm. aren't faking? So it just weakens their argument. Yeah, it dilutes. the dilutes mm-hmm. the pool of, of uh, veracity. Yeah. Former Golden Gate employee Isaiah Darris was so disgusted by the practices of his employer that he chose to take matters into his own hands. In an email dated February 5th, 2021, local media and state officials received a disturbing message when Dara sent them pictures that allegedly show decomposing corpses stacked two to three bodies deep in an unrefrigerated U-Haul trailer parked in the Golden Gate parking lot. In addition to this being morally reprehensible, it is also a violation
2: of the Texas Administrative Code, which states... No human body may be held in any place or in transit more than 24 hours after death and pending final disposition unless either maintained at a temperature within a range of 34 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit or is embalmed by a licensed embalmer. Daris told Spectrum One
3: News that the conditions at Golden Gate were deplorable and described unfathomable conditions.
2: There are bodies outside in the garage. They've been all in the hallway blocking doors, blocking the exit doors. It's like a slaughterhouse. Unless you go behind the scenes and see it, you would never think that from just being up front that it looks the way it does in the back. And this is not just something that's been going on since I've been there. Daris worked at Golden Gate for six months. In an email to the Texas Funeral
3: Service Commission, he claimed that during that time, They have not followed any of the state and federal rules. This is shocking.
2: Yeah, I mean, good on uh, a person who sees something that they do not agree with and and whistle blows. I mean, I think that's definitely shows that you have a a sense of right and wrong, a sense of morality that you could just go, well, fuck it. This is how we do things here. So just keep doing Mm -hmm. it versus going, oh, my God. And then. Getting the evidence you need and getting the heck out. It's, um, if all of this is true, it's wild
3: that he's the first one to whistleblow. Yeah. It's not like you're seeing, you're at a restaurant and you see in the kitchen they got raw chicken over vegetables.
2: Mm-hmm. These are corpses. Yeah. Human corpses that if, if his allegation is that they were. In the hallway and outside in the garage and we live in Texas and oh only about God. two months out of the year is it probably cold enough for them not to be rotting in if, a garage. Yeah,
3: And in an unrefrigerated U-Haul trailer, I mean, yeah. that's even hotter. All yeah. stuffed in there. And he said that, you know, he was like, these could be any of our family, our mm-hmm. moms, dad's, sisters, brother. He said the bodies were naked and stacked face down on top of each other, which like, I mean, to like you said, imagine you think your loved one's being taken care of. And then this is what you find out has been done to their body.
2: I mean, according to what he said, it's treated like garbage. You're treating them like trash. You just dump them. Just go dump them in a pile. Just dump them in a pile somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I don't know all of the various bacteria that <sighs> emanate from a corpse, but I yeah. would be concerned. There's a reason why you and I both say this all the time. We live in a society with rules. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you have to either embalm the embalm the corpse by a licensed embalmer or store them at a certain degrees to prevent, first of all, just them looking horrible and, and traumatizing a family member. But also, God knows what all is... Ooze and where I mean that's mm-hmm. at, at some point it becomes biohazard biohazardous mm-hmm. waste and then you're cooking a breakfast feast in the same in room. the same building yeah
3: i yeah it's um i i don't know how anyone worked there if these were the conditions i don't know how anyone walked around there and was not just immediately running to whoever you run to
2: i mean i i you would be shocked i would be like yeah. It would be horrifying to witness those things. Also, we'll get into the legalities here in a second, but I would say if you are an employee of a place that you see grossly violating the law for your own ass, Mm. call it Mm -hmm. in. Call it in. Yeah, or you (laughs) could easily be charged with being
3: complicit with this if you knew about it. Owner John Beckwith Jr. denies Darris's allegations and claims that his former employees staged the pictures to try and ruin Beckwith's
2: reputation and career, telling Spectrum One News. I never used a U-Haul storage. I never have, and I never will. I'm telling you, that didn't happen here. That rental truck photo was staged by Isaiah himself or whoever took that picture. So he claims that
3: Isaiah was fired, and that's why he's on this um, path of destruction to ruin everything that Beckwith has built. Isaiah says, I walked away voluntarily because I could not believe how bad the conditions were getting, and I couldn't deal with it any longer.
2: Yeah. And so then you, uh, my mom always says, consider the source. So mm-hmm. I would say, even if it were a disgruntled employee, even if he was fired for whatever reason, he was fired. Uh, I think taken together with the other allegations we've heard, I, it's not, it, you get to the point where it's not out of the realm of possibility to imagine that it could have happened based on the sworn, you know, petitions that we filed that are mm-hmm. not, you know, and again, I would be, less apt to believe and of course anybody can say whatever they want but when you have a licensed attorney you have an ethical duty not to lie to the court swearing that they think that these things are true not swearing a petition's not sworn but you have an ethical duty not to lie to the court and you sign the bottom of the petition there's a lot of people with a lot of stakes and Mm -hmm. I, i think you know when you just go oh well i think they're just making it all up it may be some of it but when it's an overwhelming amount i think that's when it's hard it's like you're trying to play as I always say, whack a mole. You know, with all mm-hmm. these different mm-hmm. um, allegations, it's just harder to deny. To go to the links to stage
3: pictures that show rotting corpses. Where I did you get the rotting corpses? Then and yeah, like that is such a, a <laughs> an undertaking to to stage something like that to to get back at someone because you lost a job after six months. I mean, you have to ask yourself, like who has more motivation to do something here mm-hmm. what who
2: has more motivation to like cover their own ass mm-hmm. and well, when you need your yeah. hooves think horses not zebras right like do you, do we think that the gentleman rented a u-haul and i mean mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff that you could be figured out in If it truly were untrue and this uh, ex-employee is, you know, going to the newspaper and saying this, John Beckwith is more than welcome to sue him for defamation. Mm -hmm. And then you go, okay, well, let's see. In the photograph, you see the license plate of the U-Haul. So we're going to go to U-Haul. We're going to look at the receipts. Who rented it on this day? At what time? Was it, Darius? Did he? And like I said, the most likely scenario is that. Not that an employee rented a U-Haul, drug bodies out of storage, stacked them up, staged a picture. Nobody noticed that he was staging a picture in a parking Mm -hmm. lot kind of thing, but it's possible. It could be zebras. Sure,
3: sure, sure, sure. Presently, Golden Gate has 17 lawsuits filed against them for negligence, negligence per se, and deceptive trade practices. In the lawsuits, primarily filed by Hales & Sellers PLLC – Many of the plaintiffs are seeking $1 million. If the allegations are true, Golden Gate could be civilly liable, but it would also mean the funeral home violated several laws with criminal penalties. Crematoriums are regulated under the Texas Health and Safety Code. Cremation establishments cannot cremate someone without a death certificate and a signed authorization form from a family member or other authorized person. The form is signed after the family member identifies
2: their loved one. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole set of laws that you don't just go, well... there should be. Yeah, you can't just go, well, we have a pile of bodies, dump them in the crematorium, Mm -hmm. burn them up, and then just divvy up the ashes. And then go put the the ashes in the forest behind our property. Yeah, chuck them out in the backyard. Um, No, I mean, you have to let them see it, they sign it, and a lot of the cases, they would say, oh, um... We can't we don't have a death certificate, so we can't in in a lot of the petitions I read, you know, the family member would call the funeral home and the funeral home would say, well, we can't have you come identify him yet because we didn't get the death certificate. There's this issue. There's all these issues. We can't get the death certificate. And then the family member goes, "Okay, well, call me later. Well, it's three, four, six, eight weeks later. And then calls up and they go, oh, we went ahead and cremated him. Mm, You really cannot do that. You cannot do that. Talk about a thing you can't undo. Yeah. And then, especially to go, okay, well, can I have them? I don't know. We probably threw them out. So I don't know. I mean, it's, then that's another thing because the rule is that you have, you keep them in so, so, for so long, you have to identify the family member. They have to be labeled with these metal tags. I mean, it's just a whole, it's a whole thing. It's regulated as it should be. Oh, yeah. Strongly. You, these loved ones
3: were taken from their families. And then this place took, the last opportunity for their families to see their loved one from them, yeah. like that's that's a hurt that you, I don't, I can I don't want to ever have to comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so, so you can't unring the bell. And so angry, I'd be so pissed, mm-hmm. so fucking pissed off. Oh yeah, so I oh, would yeah. sue the shit out of them.
2: Oh yeah, uh, for sure, and uh, it may be uh, litigation uh, tactic or whatever, but. Everybody has – there's a phone number you can call to, you know, report if you think a funeral home has violated the law. hmm After the cremation, the establishment
3: is required to label the container with the deceased person's name and must place a permanent metal identification bracelet that identifies whose remains they are inside with the container. The lawsuits allege that Golden Gate cremated people before families could identify them and placed remains in containers with no labels or with incorrect labels. Not only would these be criminal acts, but they traumatize the families who are left with containers full of
2: unidentified ashes. And this is when you get into an interesting area of regulatory law and what a dorky sentence. Um, But the Texas Health and Safety Code is a regulation. But when you go to uh, punishment later on down in the code, it becomes a criminal punishment. Mm -hmm. So that's I think the problem is if you have a uh, an establishment And you seemingly flout the regulations, it could last for five years, maybe 10 years, but someday it's all going to catch up.
3: Mm -hmm. Attorney for Golden Gate Tanika Brown issued a statement regarding the lawsuits that was obtained by News Nation.
2: It read in part... For the owners and employees of Golden Gate, nothing matters more than providing compassionate and caring guidance for the bereaved and respectful and dignified care for their loved ones. We strive to diligently address any concerns regarding our services, and we work diligently to comply with the standards and regulations that apply to the funeral home profession. Another statement issued to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram in late January said... Golden Gate is a family owned and operated business that has provided care and services to the Dallas community for generations. We will not comment on this pending litigation except to state that we plan to respond to the allegations made against us and defend these claims in a court of law. According to Texas Monthly, Golden Gate has filed a general denial to the lawsuits,
3: saying in part, defendants generally deny each and every, all in singular, the assertions alleged. Currently, Golden Gate is still in operation. And accepting new clients.
2: So, what do we think? Well, I mean, uh, well, a general denial is—you have to answer a lawsuit within so many days uh, when it's the petition is filed. Otherwise, you get a default judgment against you. So, a really quick way to answer stuff is a general denial that says we deny everything in here. I some of the cases are a little bit further along than others and have trial dates set and some of them are recently filed and you know the timeline for when an answer is due hasn't passed. One of the interesting things that um they're being sued for so negligence is you had a duty and you breached that duty and you your breach of that was the cause of the the injury suffered and the uh Plaintiff suffered injuries, uh, and you can you know measure it in dollars or whatever, traumatized. So you had a duty to take care of the body, you didn't take care of it, and you're not taking care of it, caused me to be traumatized, my trauma is worth a million dollars, yada yada. That's just kind of a standard negligence. But because it is a highly regulated industry, they're also... Very smartly, alleging negligence per se. And negligence per se is you remove the duty in the breach part. So instead of saying, well, generally you have a duty to label, you know, crema- cremated remains. And then if you don't, then that would upset me. If there's a law that says you have to get a person's signature, cremate them within so much time, provide this metal bracelet, call the family, have records for it, and you break the law then you like that ticks the two boxes that you normally would have to prove in suing someone, mm-hmm. so that regulation is there, and when it says you have to have a family member individually identify each corpse, and these family members are going, "You never called us or here here's my phone records. I called you sixteen times, and I left you can see the phone calls were thirty seconds each because I was leaving voicemails and nobody called or whatever, mm-hmm. so I think the Uh, The danger you get into is when when you play fast and loose in a highly regulated industry is these regulations are in place to protect the public and are on their own criminal. But on the flip side of it, when someone is suing you civilly, it's, it's very convenient boxes to check to go. You had a definite duty under the law to follow these regulations. You didn't. And now all I have to prove is what my damages are.
3: Mm hmm. And these are just the recent ones. There's been lawsuits that they've settled from years ago that mm-hmm. are are similar to this. So, you know, um, from, I think, 2007 is when stuff started happening. So a lot of people could argue, well, with COVID and stuff, you know, it's been uh, all funeral homes have been overrun and they they don't know what to do. But this uh, several of these i think five of these cases were prior to covid mm-hmm. and then even before that they had many complaints filed
2: against them so yeah if you I search think, beckwith on the dallas county oh yeah website on the where they you know list all the petitions and lawsuits yeah they it pops right up and i think you're right even with covid even if you have way 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 more Demand for your services than you're able to supply. I would say you have a duty as a service provider to go, We're full. I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. We would love to help you, but we are full and not go, Load them up. Yeah. You
3: just, at some point, especially in an
2: industry like this, you
3: have to say, I'm sorry, we can't help you and we refer you to XYZ. Yeah. We're at capacity. You can't, it's not, this isn't something where you can just, literally stack them up and and try to get to them as fast as you can because mm-hmm. then you are always trying to play catch up and rushing through stuff and making egregious mistakes not fully putting makeup on someone or you know you're not taking the time that needs to be taken with each person because you're
2: so so in the weeds mm-hmm. yeah and and like you said you you it's it's an industry like this. It's not just, well, we had a roofing and, you know, company Mm -hmm. and boy, there was a storm and we got a lot of people that need new roofs. And it's been, well, I mean, it's a a situation that can't be undone, not Mm -hmm. to, you know, belabor the point, but you've, you know, doing something like this, you take away from a family, something they can never get back, which Mm -hmm. is their, their loved ones memories. And it's sad because it is such a Dallas institution. It's famous around the world because of the TV show. And to see the turn in its reputation that it's taken in the last few years, particularly with this has been picked up by national news with the multitude of lawsuits filed Mm -hmm. against it in this short short period of time. And, you know, businesses get sued. That doesn't always mean that they did something wrong. Um, Sometimes a, a majority of these lawsuits, recent ones, have been filed all by one law firm. That doesn't mean that the law firm is doing anything. That just means the law firm is now hearing from friends of friends of friends. You know, Mm -hmm. more people are referring like, that happened to you. That happened to me, too. So... From the both sides, you know they'll battle it out in court. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if these go to trial, um, I will probably try to go watch. <laughs> right? Not, I mean, it's open no, to the public yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna I may set some alerts on the Dallas County website, uh, because I'm I'm just uh I, as a citizen of Dallas, I'm curious to know mm-hmm. what's if this really has been going on and. Like I said at the beginning, not in my tone.
3: Yeah, no, I, I will be right there with you. Yeah, I think that the popularity of the TV show saw an influx in business and they um, just kept growing, which is great for a business. Mm-hmm. But when you can't keep up with that, then, you know, I mean, it's like you said, it's a it's re- you have a responsibility to say, I'm sorry, we can't help you because we can't provide the services that we need to provide to the standards that not only should we be, but are, we're required to by law.
2: Oh, for sure. Well, and hopefully we see from the complaint that the former employees sent in to regulators and, and the media and stuff, maybe there will be some more, you know, something looked into. That's mm-hmm. the wheels of justice turn slowly. So we'll see how it all pans out. All right. We will As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tiers, special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, which this month was an update on the Murdoch murders out of South Carolina, including discussion of the jailhouse phone calls that have been released, and you also get weekly patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, Wed at Drama, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server where you can connect with
3: other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on
2: Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on
3: all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner.
2: And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-outs. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, and it's getting warmer out there, at least in Texas in the 70s today, I love my racerback tank tops. Mm -hmm. I have both of them, and they are very comfortable. Visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us
3: grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps
2: podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SinisterhoodPod. Oh, shit. Goddamn. Wait, fuck. Is it Sinisterhood Podcast? I'll put a link. Um, People have we been are tagging on, us. We're on the talk. We're on are the we? talk. I think we, we're on it, but we haven't posted yet. We haven't yet, posted. But we got some <laughs> plans. We've got some plans, you guys. We're excited. We're also on YouTube slash Sinisterhood Podcast. We're gonna start posting the episodes on YouTube. Um, it's not videos of us, it's just beautiful. We may we may do some videos someday, but right now it's just, some people like to listen to stuff on YouTube. We're not here to judge. Um, I watch a ton of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um and then on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at? I am on
3: Instagram at Christy M Wallace, Twitter at Christy or GTFO, and I think my TikTok, which I have two videos posted, both of my children is also Christy or GTFO, I think.
2: Isn't Ella when she's drinking the queso?
3: Ella drinking queso and then Simon just being cute. Yeah, Being
2: Simon. (laughs) Um, I am on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. everybody Thank you so much for supporting the show. Here are your special Patreon shout outs Lisa Hammond, Maggie Peterson, Sonny d l deets Christina Everhart, Kelly Joseph, Christina Ann, Haley DeWolf, Danielle Graham, Gentry McPherson, Michelle McGuire, Nikki Hendrickson, Mary Carmudi Trotman, Chris Orr, Lulu Edmondson, Lucille Brooker, Nora Langham, Talitha Crisco, Rashida Mohammed, Amber Rowland, Stephanie Shoreland, Jenna Crew, Anthony Robinson, Tyler Utterback, Cassie Wilson, Bitsy Oberly, Melissa Baker, and Kat Wadiak. Thank
3: you all so much for supporting the show. We hope we got your names right. We couldn't do this without you. We sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy.
2: (laughs) Sinister.